Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. Hi, this is Kathy Barrett, and welcome to Behind the Curtain, the show about how we navigate down the not-so-yellow brick road of life. And life is something we shouldn't do alone, so spend the next 30 minutes with me as I reveal what's behind the curtain. Okay, speaking of uh, traveling down that not-so-yellow brick road of life, uh, we're having a little technical difficulty. Today, um, I am our here, show Kathy. is... Oh, you are? Oh, I'm so excited. Yes. Thank you, Betty. Everybody, Betty Steinhauer is calling from Canada. So we're very excited to have her here today. But uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but I'm glad you're with us and everything's good. I just want to make an announcement before we start talking about uh, your life, Betty. Um, Basically, the tropical storm, Irene, that has hit the Catskill Mountains really really affected people pretty hard. Many families have lost everything, and Adam Bernstein is organizing a day of healing for those devastated by the storm. So on September 18th, uh, he has designated that a day of light, hope, and healing. And so he'll be leading the way, and if you're a healer or a counselor or do Reiki or art therapy or want to volunteer to help in any way to get this community back on its feet, call Heather to book you at 845-399-0005. Or if you want to donate goods or money or household products, clothing, toys for children, go to www.ulstercorpscorps.org for more information. And that website will tell you exactly where to send what. So I hope to see you on September 18th. I'm going to be there. And uh, come on up and say hi. I would love to meet you. I also want to send a big virtual hug to Sue and all the working girls at the Town and Country Real Estate Appraisal Office in Brooklyn. Thanks for tuning into the show. It means so much to me that all of you fantastic women enjoy listening to the program each week. And in case you haven't noticed, I have a soft spot for you working girls everywhere, especially those who dream of being elsewhere. And these shows are designed to inspire you and to give you practical information, which I hope will support you around seeing your goals realized. So, Betty, first of all, let me uh, tell folks a little bit about Betty. Um, This is our third installment of What Do You Contribute to Our World? And it's a series that profiles ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Betty Steinhauer is our special guest today, and she is one of the most energetic women I have come across in a long time. She's a mother and a grandmother, and she runs her own business, and she's the founder of the People Bridge Charitable Foundation, 
an organization that began in 1997 to facilitate small-scale charitable projects around the world. And now on top of that, she's writing a book and up to a million other things. (laughs) So Betty comes (laughs) live from Canada. And again, we are thrilled to connect to our uh, Canadian friends across the border. Betty, thank you for taking the time to be with us today and for giving giving us a sneak preview of what's to come uh, in the book that you're writing now. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. And for all the working girls listening who dream to accomplish what you have, let's let's start with your background. Were you born and raised in Canada? I was born in England and arrived in Canada at the age of four, and I'm an only child. And my uh, father passed away very quickly when I was 15, and my mother was very ill. So I left school and went out to work very, very quickly and uh, had some wonderful experiences within that. And so it just kind of, I got the right job at the right time, met the right people. I'm a great learner, so I'd love to learn as I go. And uh, I was married when I was 20 and have two children. I'm a grandmother to four. Um, and I thought that I was going to be a stay-at-home mother, but I got very involved in the community and building creative playgrounds and adventure playgrounds and making sure that the inner-city kids got looked after in Toronto and the surrounding areas. Um, and my life just took off from there, and it just everything has happened to me quite by accident. I don't know how far you want me to go with this, Kathy. Well, well, it's interesting. So, in other words, your business career began by being of service to others, actually. You started yes, I, was a, a, I was a community volunteer, and my husband at that time said to me, um, you know, you have all of the professionals walking in this door asking for your advice. You really should go out and, try and start to do something about that. So I set up a consulting company. I had no idea what I was doing, but uh, my first client was Xerox, and they were very happy with what I did for them. And then it just grew from there. And I ended up having some of the best clients you could have in Canada. And I was a one-person operation with an assistant and was very fortunate to uh, become quite successful. And basically, I facilitated their goals. So I was a catalyst. I was a facilitator. I was the person that made things happen for these other people and usually very much behind the scenes. So I had the nickname of an orchestra leader. I had another nickname, which may not be so nice. I was called a can opener, (laughs) where I let things out of the can (laughs) and close up the can and put things back in the can again. And I did a lot of government work in those types of situations. So I became very fortunate, and and that was my career, and it was a very... um, something that just happened and I learned on the job and it was a passion and I loved every minute of it. I worked very long hours but to me they weren't long hours at all because I was learning all the time and meeting new people and had new projects and um, that's the way and wonderful connections that I've built up and most of my clients that I had over the years have stayed my friends which to me is just a wonderful way of operating and even though I call myself quasi-retired now which is not not really the case but all of these people that I had as clients have are my friends now. Wow I mean I, I I'm just blown away by that. But, I mean, just from your opening line got me, well, my first client was Xerox. <laughs> so wait, let's go well, back a couple of steps here. 
Well, that happened uh, quite by accident. I was doing some volunteer work for uh, for the president of Xerox and something he was involved in wow. the community, and we had just finished a federal election, and he said to me, I really need some backgrounders done on the cabinet, uh, the cabinet post. And so I gave them some backgrounders, and apparently it went very, very well. But as I said, I have not been professionally trained. I have not been whatever. I used to run political campaigns and had really, you know, I'm just a good organizer, and I know how to get things done. So, but I don't question. To me, I've always said that whatever I do, it's my own neck, and if I make a mistake, then I have to be totally up for admitting that and doing the right thing, and that's that's where I that's what I think is missing a lot in society today. People have to really own up to uh, the positive things of life. Wow, that that is very very true and makes a lot of sense. And so I can see if people are coming to you for advice, that was the next obvious step for you to start a consulting company. Right, right. And, and in terms of amazing. yeah, and that. And that went on for 25 years, and then out of that, I started to travel, and my first trip to India was in 1990, and I went as a guest of the UN, where they had invited about 200 people from around the world to this spiritual university in northern India. I had no idea what I was going to, but to me, it sounded like a very good idea, so away I went. And uh, that's when I started to see what was happening in the third world, what some of the needs were. Um, how fortunate we were in the Western world. I'm not too sure I would say the same thing now in 2011, yeah. but in 1990 we were. <laughs> and that's how the whole concept of the foundation started. And what was the first thing that you noticed in your travels, uh, you know, problems that you saw that you, you know, well, inspired you I, to come I, up with I, a solution at that point? Well, I guess one the thing that happened to me in 1992, I ended up in the hospital in northern India with pneumonia. And when I started to get better, uh, they put me in this ambulance that had been donated by the Rotarians in Boston, of all places. And it didn't have any windshield, and they wrapped me up in blankets, and they wanted me to see what was going on in the various villages surrounding this hospital. So, around, so away I went, wrapped up. And um, I saw that, you know, there wasn't enough water. They didn't have any water. There was no hygiene. They were operating without, you know, they, they were trying to give out the people in the village these little bottles of Dettol, but then no one knew what to do with them. Um, there was people that had malnutrition, but there wasn't any penicillin around. There wasn't anything to help them. And people were dying of tuberculosis because they weren't getting x-rays and these things weren't going on. So I noticed all of this. And I started to say to myself, well, how much does it really cost to fix this? And what was coming back to me that for $1,000, whether it be Canadian or U.S., you could, you could really produce miracles. So I, start, I got better, and I left India, and I came back here, and I still had my consulting company at that point. And in my life, when a decision is the right decision for me, there's never any question. There's never any looking back. I just came back and said, I have to set up a charity. I had no idea what I was getting myself in for from in terms of all the rules and regulations and getting charitable status and going through all of that. And so that took me two years to get that charitable status, but uh, we worked very hard at getting that, and I had a very good board of directors and some very uh, interesting people involved. And I built it from, from the grassroots. But to me it was 
I'm not a great believer in you just give money to people. I'm a great believer in empowerment, that you have to motivate them. You have to feel that they're achieving something. You have to feel that they, in the end, are learning how to give back to their own little communities. And I always tell the story about one village meeting I attended in India, and I was sitting up the front, and they always you know, put out these very elaborate tables and there's flowers for you and on and on and on. I was making my little presentation and all the women were sitting in the very back row. So I suggested to the chief of this particular village that he let all the women come up front. Well, this was unheard of, but all the women came up front in their very, very heavy veils and sat down and slowly but surely they were, you know, they were listening and hopefully gaining a little bit of confidence. And two years later, this one woman that had been so heavily veiled, I met again in the next two years, and she came up to me and gave me this biggest slap on my back and said, Betty, that's all she could say because she was speaking in another language, but she was so proud of herself and what was being accomplished. And they were making bags that they were selling to the government, okay, like carrying bags so people could carry their vegetables home or people could do whatever, just simple burlap bags. And we had donated six sewing machines to this little village, and these six women were operating out of this little hut and making these bags. But that's what I'm talking about in terms of empowerment and motivation. So for $1,000, you can, you know, really produce miracles. And all of our projects, we funded about 150 around the world, a lot of work in Africa with AIDS, et cetera, and grandmothers of AIDS. And all of our projects were maybe the most expensive was 10000 and they usually range in the two to $3,000 range. Wow. That's really amazing, and the progress that came from that is just really outstanding, as you mentioned. I mean, now they not only have a a kind of new confidence about themselves, but they actually have skills, and now they're running their own little businesses within their little communities. Absolutely. Wow, that is really, really. And what has this given to your life personally, accomplishing all this? Well, I'm, you know, I'm I'm not an independently wealthy woman by any um, step of the imagination. I've always had to work for what I have, but I've been very lucky in my life, and I've always been a person that the right people have come into my life when it's necessary. And to me, giving back as a part should be a part of everyone's life, and it may have made me feel, I think proud would be a good word. Uh, proud to accomplish with a number of other people. It's not just me, my donors, my board, my honorary advisors, it's everyone that we've worked together, the people that I've met all over the world, the um, lady in Af- Africa that runs a home and all the young girls that have been raped and raped and raped by the rebels over the years, they come and it's a, it's a place where they can stay and they can be looked after and they can be fed and they're safe and they're whatever. I mean, there's some amazing people operating all over the world and those are the people that this foundation has tried to help in some way. They don't need a lot of money. They just need a little bit of money, but they need the support. They need to know that somebody's out there and really cares about what they're doing. So for those women that are, you know, tuned in today, can you share some practical steps for people who long to either start a company or make a difference or a foundation like you do? They have ideas, but they're just overwhelmed with the process. 
and did you know in other words some people are more cautious and um I'm more like you yeah. I tend to just dive in and then deal with what I have to deal with later yeah. so I, I I'm telling you it's very comforting to hear someone else say that because I I normally do that and regret it but there's also a lot of people that are you know want to be more prepared and you know take a step at a time what can you you know give them in terms of some practical steps for them to take to, for them to start to see these dreams realized well, um, I'm, a, I'm a very organized, practical person. I may sound like I'm not, but I am, because whatever you do in your life, you, it's one step after the other. But I would say the first thing you have to have is an absolute passion. You have to know that what you want to do is the right thing for you. I don't care whether it's opening up a little store or I don't care whether it's painting a piece of art. It doesn't matter what it is, okay? If this is what you really, really want in your life and you're really, really interested in, just find a way to, to do it. It's going to take you time. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to have to take one step after the other. Um, none of us going to come to you as a present overnight. Things don't happen that way. Everything is hard work in this life. and so. But, but it has to be a passion. It has to be something that there's a drive in you to accomplish this, whatever it is. And it can be very small or it can be very large. It doesn't matter. There's always steps. It doesn't matter how small it is. So to me, that's the important, uh, the important piece, and and just knowing in yourself that this is it, this is what I want to accomplish, this is why I want to do it, and moving forward. And if you move forward in that direction, normally the people you need to help you will appear. I mean, when Kathy mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast about my book, I have a line which says, if this book is ever ever published. It will take the world to publish this book, not just the village like Hillary Clinton said. It will take the world because there's so many people that are helping me with this along the way. So that's what I'm, I'm saying. You have to have the passion first of all, and you have to know that this is exactly the right path for you, and then just move forward, and it will all happen. It will, you'll, you'll accomplish what you want to accomplish. That's very good advice. And and I know a lot of women out there are also thinking, okay, you were a mother. So how did you find the time to do all of these projects that you were involved with and still be available to family and friends and then take care of yourself? Well, there's a, there's a funny story. When my kids were, I guess I started volunteer work when my kids were about five. And it started because this man came to my door and wanted to get rid of the local principal of the school. And I was really curious, and my kids weren't even in school yet. And so I trotted over the school only to discover that this principal had animals running around the school. He had teachers that were being called by their first name. Um, he had some guy in there in bare feet that was, was, was trying to teach whatever. I mean, the whole thing was just chaos, okay? And, the, and I, it, this person who came to my door wanted to get this petition to get rid of this principal. That's how I first got involved, okay? So it's like my kids grew up with me, um, grew up with having me involved in these stories about me chairing meetings with one kid on each knee, okay? And I used to feel guilty about always if I would run to McDonald's and get food for the kids and this would be their lunch and I would show up at the school with this McDonald's lunch or Kentucky Fried Chicken lunch and I was really upset about it and felt terribly guilty. My kids were the stars of the school and thought it was great, okay? But I didn't know that so much later. So, I mean, that's just what you go through. So you have to give up 
I mean, to this day, it was always an excuse for me because I don't like cooking and I never did then and I still don't. So this was all an excuse. But no, my kids, um, yeah, my kids were very adaptable. Uh, but certainly you have to kind of learn how to block yourself off at a number of pieces. I mean, I was married at the time, and probably it didn't help um, my marriage that I was involved in all of these things because what happened was my husband was very supportive at the very beginning and then started to get it feel a little bit threatened and a little bit jealous about all of this. So there are there are downsides. It's all not positive. Right, right. But that's um, I'm sure that gave them such an interesting um you know, way to grow up. You know, just with yeah. Well, my daughter now is uh, she has her own she has her own business, but she's very involved in the homeless in this country, and so that to me. And when people say to her, "Oh well, you know, you're just taking after your mother," she doesn't like that. Uh, but that's just because you know, daughters and mothers sometimes things are good, and sometimes <laughs> what can I say? You know, it's all part of life. But no, she's doing Absolutely. a lot of good work. A lot of good work. That's. That's really wonderful, and I think that's a big uh, part of what I wanted to get across today is, you know, everybody, like you said, you weren't born into wealth. It's not like you have, you know, zillions in the bank and you're just doing charity work, which people tend to associate with other people doing charity work. It's like the world is all of our responsibilities, and so whatever is going on in our individual lives, even if we really focus a little bit of attention outside of ourselves, into helping others. It not only brings a tremendous amount of joy back into your own life, but we're actually chipping away at all the problems that exist in the, oh, in the world. If people uh, can help one person, that's all they need to do. And that one-to-one is just so important. Um, and I can give you an example. Yesterday I had a call from someone that I hadn't spoken to in 35 years. And she called me to say that she was um, writing her book and that she wanted me to be part of it because I was the person that had really helped her get started. And this was a person who had serious mental illness at one point. And that, to me, just makes the world go around, all right? To receive this call all those years later, she's productive, she has her own business, she's writing a book, this is happening, and um, it's, it's superb. And those are the paybacks. Those are the thank yous you like to get. Exactly. And, um, well, let's go into what's next for you now because uh, with the book, what's happening with with that? Well, you're now – go ahead. I'm now – they say I'm semi-retired, but I'm not really. I'm going to India in October to help a number of the hospitals do some fundraising as a volunteer. I have a project in Iceland that I'm doing a humanitarian conference in 2012, uh, we hope, with Yoko Ono, because she has a, a large presence in, in Iceland. Um, and I'm involved in a couple of things here, boards, etc. So I'm not really too retired. Um, and in terms of the book, I have tried to, I've been working on this book for many years, and it started out as letters to my father, because my father died when I was so young and so quickly, and he and I had this wonderful relationship, and I've always felt that he was sitting on my shoulder taking care of me, because I have been a little bit of a risk taker in my life, and I really shouldn't even be here in one piece. 
Um, so someone has to be looking after me. Um, and this book has turned into, uh, I got serious about it two years ago, and it now is nearly finished. It's going through its second edit, and uh, I'm not too sure will it will ever find the publisher or what will happen to it. But to me, um, it's been a very important part of my life to be able to document all of this and the pros and the cons and the goods and the bads. And sometimes you make not the greatest decisions in your life and and um, sometimes you do. So you have to look at your life in kind of this continuum. Um, and I guess the thing that's come out of this book is the word I used before. I am very proud of what's been accomplished and I'm proud of, of the fullness of my life and I'm proud of where my life is going now. I'm not one to kind of sit at home or go and play golf. That's never been my thing. So I always have to be out there doing something with a little bit on the edge. But um, hopefully this book will find the appropriate home and the appropriate person that will take an interest in it. And uh, that's what I'm looking at now at this point. Well, I have a feeling from everything else you said that the perfect publisher is going to show up for you. Well, I hope uh, so. Like, yeah, like everyone else, I know I, for one, um, am fascinated and, and can't wait to read the book. And I, I really you know, hope that uh, we can get you to come back from time to time because we want to really hear about what's happening uh, with the project in India and the one in Iceland with Yoko Ono and anything that you're involved in. And um, okay, we, well, I would we love really to. want to, that would be, that would be wonderful for us. And um, so in addition to, you said that you felt that your dad was kind of looking over you because, the, you know, I guess you've had some, uh, things happen in your life that maybe were, you know, you were, what, close to death or an accident or what? why do you think? Well, you I, I think that um, in my life, I mean, I've had a lot of sorrow in my life. I have lost a child of a year and I lost another child and uh, I've gone through a divorce and I've gone through a lot of death in my life. I've had two of my relationships that have passed away. Uh, one in India, a politician I was involved with for a number of years, and another gentleman here that they have died. So, I mean, there has not, it, this has not been just a life of all happy things. It's been a lot of sorrow and a lot of grief. But I think you, you grow through that, and I think that what's happened to me is that whenever I've gone through a bad experience, I then again turn around and give back. Um, and, for example, when my daughter died, I went to our local hospital and I worked with parents of terminally ill kids because it's a very difficult thing. The doctors do their very best, but they don't know how tired you get physically and mentally when you go through that. So I would meet with uh, groups of terminally ill parents of kids and I would talk to them about just what they were going to be facing psychologically and emotionally. And that helped me get through my grief by turning around and helping other people. And I think that's a pattern of my life, really, Kathy. That's what I've done. When anything bad has well, happened, I've turned it around and I've said, okay, I have to try to help these people, you know? And that's helped me with my grief. I've never gone to a psychiatrist, but this has been my psychiatric treatment, so I've, I feel. <laughs> well, that's amazing that you have that innate knowledge to do so because really, I mean, any kind of challenge that we've faced, we can either take that opportunity to use it and create a masterpiece with it, as I always refer right. to, or we can self-destruct. So yeah. the fact that you always walk down the path to create some positive um, you know, incident from it is 
is really the best advice I think you could give anyone on this planet. It's and it's so true and it's hard to do, but uh what got you through that emotionally? You know, like there is a lot of sorrow in our lives. So what what is the anchor for you when that happens? I know you, you turn it around as you say, but what inspires you to do that? Um, I think the anchor is just me. I I think that this might sound silly, but I think the more you go through life and learn about you, you understand that you're the person that has to take care of you 100%. And it doesn't mean that you can't take care of other people, you don't love your kids, you don't love your grandkids, you don't. It's just that you're the most important person, all right? And it's not a selfish way of thinking. Uh, I mean, in the spiritual world, they use the word detachment. People need to be more attached. And at the very beginning, I used to hear this word attach, detachment and think, that's a terrible word. That's just an awful word. But it's not. It's de- to detach and still be loving in a very, very important way. Um, so I think for me, my anchor, because I am an only child and I've really had to look after myself all of my life, really has had to be me. Uh, I have tremendous friends all over the world. I love them, and they support me, and and I have... But the bottom line is you. The bottom line is just being the best person and understanding who you are. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense, and well said, and it's the perfect spot, unfortunately, to say goodbye but I have to thank you so much for all the amazing um, insight that you shared with us today, for your energy and for your commitment to the work that you do. Uh, I'm so thrilled to have you on the program, and I hope that you come back from time to time and, and we can check in on you and see how you're doing. Uh, for those of you who want to find out more information, go to thepeoplebridgecharity.org, and you can find out uh, more about the work that they do. We wish you the best. Thank you, Kathy. I read your book. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say thank you for the opportunity and thank you to your listeners and uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Betty. Uh, We wish. uh, Thank you again. My wish for this week is for peace, and we can't really have peace in the world till we make peace with ourselves. It starts with each of us individually, and as Betty was saying, up to us. All of us get triggered by different things for different reasons. And whenever we feel that kind of emotional surge of anger around someone, it's really a good time to go within and take a look at what's happening inside of ourselves. Otherwise, you know, we just assume things based on our own paranoia. And those assumptions are usually misguided and they create a lot of unnecessary personal wars and destroy relationships. So... Let's take the emphasis off the other person's actions and go with them. And the answers we need to move out of whatever pain we're in really lie there with us for all of us. Next week, the Mayan prophecies. Um, the Mayan calendar ends on 12-21-2012, and some believe end of the world. Others say it's the beginning of a new one. Angel Gil Orias will be with us. He's the Artistic Executive Director of the Talia Spanish Theater, and he'll be with us uh, to tell us all about that next week. So please be sure to tune in. It's been a pleasure to be with you today. This is Kathy Barrett sending you a virtual hug from behind the curtain. I'll be back next week, and I hope you will too. 
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.